Thank you for joining the Father Daughter Book Club, a podcast about reading and enjoying the books that you read and uh, sharing community with your family. I am the Father Chris. And I am the daughter Kalia. And today we are going to be discussing the book The Lines of Little Rock by Kristen Levine. Levine. We don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. Oh, it's actually Kristen, not Christine. I think I said Christine. Kristen is, I think you said it right the first time. Yeah. That's okay. But before we get into the book, we have to remind you that... There will be spoilers because we will be discussing the whole entire book because I had to read this for my summer reading list. That's right. So before you continue on with the podcast, if you haven't finished reading the book yet, press pause now. Go finish reading the book. Then you can come back and continue. We won't go anywhere. So just we'll go ahead and wait for you. Yeah, we'll wait. So just go ahead and finish reading the book. Okay. So this book, as I already said, is by Kristen Levine. It was published on January first, two thousand twelve. So it's a fairly new book, five years ago, and it has won the New York Historical Society Children's History Book Prize winner. Ooh, tongue twister. And then 22 state awards. Yeah, just too many state awards to list them all. Just know that there are 22 of them. So it's a pretty pretty well-regarded book, right? And personally, I enjoyed the book a lot. Yeah? All right, so tell us a little bit more about the book. What's the the synopsis? As a 12-year-old girl, Marley, starts middle school in 1958, Little Rock, it feels like her whole world is falling apart until she meets Liz the new girl at her school. Liz is everything Marley wishes she could be. She's brave, brash, and always knows the right thing to say. But when Liz leaves school without even a goodbye, the rumor is that Liz was caught passing for white. Marley decides that doesn't matter. She just wants her friend back. To stay friends, Marley and Liz are even willing to take on segregation and the dangers their friendship could bring to both of their families. And so it said passing. And what passing is, it's someone who is black but is very fair and has straight hair. They can actually pass for white in times of segregation. That's right. So as Clea mentioned, this book takes place in 1958 in Arkansas. And even though Brown versus Board of Education has already passed and integration is supposed to be the way forward not all schools not all states have completely integrated yet and that's what arkansas is and it actually turns out that the high schools in little rock the four high schools in little rock are actually closed down because of integration that's right because the governor is kind of fighting the the federal mandate to integrate schools and so they've kind of they're kind of protesting in their own way by shutting down the schools completely as opposed to integrating Yes. So what are some of the, we've talked about uh, some, uh, one of the important themes of this book already, which is segregation and integration. Um, But let's talk about some more of the themes. You mentioned friendship, Liz and Marley, and how Liz is the new girl at school and, and everything that Marley wishes she could be. So let's talk a little bit about Marley. What type of person is she? Well, she's a very shy, not very outgoing. She doesn't talk. In class, or like she will only talk to her family, and then when she meets Liz, 
it's like she can finally talk to someone other than her family. Yeah, Liz is seems like the girl who gets Marley to break out of her shell. She convinces Marley to give a class presentation, which Marley never, never does, talks. right? Because of course she can't she can't even have a conversation with someone, let alone get up and make a presentation in front of the entire class. Yep. So Liz is instrumental in in breaking Marley out of her shell. But when Liz is forced to leave the school, Marley is devastated and she doesn't want to let that friendship go because it's like the one person outside of her family who finally makes her feel comfortable, um, who, who breaks her out of her shell. And she's like, I, I can't let this person out of my life that easily. I mean, like we just met. We can't, can't let her go. Right. But because of the times... And 1958. Because we found out find out that Liz is black and, and naturally Marley is white, especially in Little Rock, Arkansas, the two groups didn't mix. They didn't go to the same churches. They didn't go to the same schools. They didn't go to the same movie theaters. For a person, a, a white person to be hanging out with a black person was ex- extremely taboo at the time. So Marley, they call, of course. They call people who supported integration race mix race mixers i'm not gonna say the word blank lovers that's right so this is a time of you know almost extreme racism and not just not almost it's extreme that's right it is extreme and uh marley and liz's friendship is it's kind of like the romeo and juliet (laughs) you know their own version of romeo and juliet where they're on these opposite sides, but their attraction to one another is so strong that they're willing to risk another one of our themes. Everything in order to main, to maintain their friendship mm-hmm. because they get, I mean, they get caught with each other hanging out one time, and uh, and both of them get in trouble. Um, they are bullied, you know. Uh, Liz, excuse me, not Liz, but Marley. Marley is bullied by. A couple of the other boys in her class, and no. well, just one boy, right? One just boy JT, in her class, whose name is JT, and then his older and brother. His bro- all right, Red. so he doesn't go to the school. He no. he's a high school student. Red is a high school student, okay. like Marley's sister. And so all of that, like in order to maintain their friendship, they have to disobey pretty much everything their parents say, everything that the police says. <laughs> You know, they they, they disobey. Yeah, they disobey everybody in order to maintain their friendship. So we've talked about essentially breaking the law. And in some cases, breaking the law. Well, breaking the law, I think it wasn't to maintain their friendship, but more to save. Is more a matter of safety. Although they had to do some very risky things in order to maintain their safety, they they thought that the boy we mentioned, Red, they thought that he was going to do something dangerous. Like use dynamite to bomb somebody's house, and so they risked their own safety in order to uh, try to maintain the safety of Liz's family, pretty much, and try to steal the dynamite from Red and break into their car. Yeah, well, I mean, stealing and usually involves breaking in too. So Unless all of someone that accidentally leaves right, and, and so and all, and all of that took a tremendous amount of, of courage from both girls. A little bit of stupidity, but also some courage. That actually covers all of our important themes. Yeah. <laughs> right, so we talked about segregation and integration. We talked about how important their friendship is. 
um, the risks that they both took in order to maintain that friendship, which included things like disobedience and the courageousness that it took for them uh, to to do all of that. And um, we find out in the book that Marley is very fond of numbers. Kind of geeky. Oh, Marley's an extreme nerd. She's a math nerd. Who's, <laughs> and it's fine. It's fine. You know, it's okay. I, you know me. I have, I have no negative connotation to the word nerd. Some people Neither take offense to it, but I certainly don't. I'm probably a bit of a nerd myself. So and like I think we all embrace it. Yeah. We all embrace our own type of nerd. Yeah, so so Marley's definitely a nerd. Liz is kind of a nerd. Well, not really. Liz is definitely more outgoing. She's like me. <laughs> I'm a mix of both of them. She's and what did they say when they were trying to figure out um she's outspoken and she she's more of a writer than she is a numbers person. Mm-hmm. Right? Because And when cause Liz Whenever she gets, like, annoyed or something, she always just, like, yells it out, what she's saying, and she can't, like, hold back, like, Marley's naturally born to do that. So, we find out that Liz likes words better than numbers, so instead of helping her be a little bit more quiet, she uses writing, and writing how she feels instead of visibly saying it. Right. Or verbally, not physically. Right. So let's get into some of these discussion questions that we had. Um, one of the things that Marley does when she meets someone new is she, she kind of categorizes, excuse me, categorizes them as a drink. Right. Some so, people are coffee. Some people are soda. Some people are just water. Some people are like refreshing. Some people are tea. Right. And so I thought it would be fun for us to think about like what kind of drinks we would be. So, so. If Marley were to meet you, what kind of drink do you think she would call you? I actually think similar to Liz. Yeah? So, well, I would probably be like um, an Arnold Palmer. Also a mixture of iced tea and lemonade. Yeah? Because, like, for me, I'm kind of, like, refreshing. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I'm refreshing. So, because I guess... You could say that I'm refreshing and kind of like a new look or taste or combination of things. Then you could say that I am an Arnold Palmer. That's a good one. I think I think that's about right for you. Maybe add some sort of fruit. Oh, you said lemonade. Lemonade's kind of sour. I'd put Ooh, like a sweet passion fruit. fruit. Maybe passion, passion fruit, fruit iced tea. I love passion yeah, fruit. Yeah, maybe tea. something like that. A raspberry iced tea, something like mm-hmm. that. For you, that that's a good one. I like that. For myself, I think I would be water. <laughs> water, yeah, like, just plain water. <laughs> no, like hot water with a squeeze of lemon. You think so? All right, I like I I drink that frequently. So thank you. <laughs> I, I like I like hot water with. One of the things that's important though that Liz realizes as she continues to grow and mature throughout the book, Marley. Is that, I'm sorry, Marley. You're right. Is that you can't categorize people into one drink she learns later on especially with betty jean who's her family's maid that some most of the time people are not just one drink they're a combination of several drinks liz tells her that too so i think that was an important realization and it as we and when you're young it's easy to try to simplify things and simplify people but as you realize people are more complex than that you have to broaden your your, Sight. your understanding Outlook. of things yeah and so 
Right now, she's got this drink categorization thing, but as she grows, it'll probably expand to include like mixed drinks, like combinations of drinks. Like yeah, like yours. Arnold Palmer. Yeah, so I think that was important for her to realize. The next question that I have for you is, how did this book make made you? It's definitely a heavy book. So for uh, it was like hilly. A lot of ups and downs in this book, right? Uh, like. There are a bunch of small wins throughout the book, a bunch of small losses throughout the book. Yeah, it definitely takes you on a bit of a roller coaster. But that's one of the good things that I feel that books have is kind of like go, like kind of take you through the ups and downs of the perpen- of a person's life instead of it being all happy. And I mean, like, those are the types of books that I mean, like, I'd probably be more drawn to, but I realize that not every life isn't like that those are just fairy tales and books aren't like that so how did this book make you feel i had a a range of emotions much like you did uh i thought that the book took on the subject of integration and segregation and race very interesting to tackle it through the eyes of children gives you a different perspective and the fact that these children are fighting, not necessarily... Well, they're fighting for their friendship. Yeah, their their motivations are different. Like, they know that in order for them, in order to maintain their friendship, that segregation in their schools has to end. Because otherwise they can't go to school together, and that's where kids spend most of their time is at school. So then if they can't go to school together, they won't see each other, they won't be able to hang out. Um, so it's, it's a very unique perspective on such a... A complicated point in our history, in our nation's history. And so I I, enjoyed it. It was pretty refreshing. I liked it too because going through the eyes of an adult, you most likely you get it through one way. Either a black person or a white person. And since this is kind of through the eyes of both, it's different. Well, I mean, it's in, it's it's not through the when you say that through the eyes of both, do you mean a, no. and a child and an adult? No, <laughs> through the eyes of a black kid and a white kid. Well, we don't. So that's one of the things that I wanted to mention is that we actually don't really get Liz's perspective. She's an important central character in the book. I want a part two with Liz's point of view. Yes. So what was that book we read? Wonder. That I like that book. Right. That had shifting perspectives and shifting points of view well this entire book is told from marley's point of view and i think in order to properly handle this subject matter we did need to have things from liz's point of view so either a companion book or or something like that where you get the black child's perspective in this story i think it's extremely important to have but for me what i liked about it is that um that they that the two actually have a friendship. Because you don't see that in books like these. Like, a white girl and a black girl have a friendship. You don't see that. I think you do, depending on what you read. I think you've read books like that where people what? are friends with each other. Um, maybe Say counting in 1958? By... Well, no, this is a historical fiction book. So, of course, it's going to be different than books that are written in our time. Right? So, no. Have you ever read another book set in 1958? Well, I've read, I've read books that are set around that time, yeah. So, I mean, we read that book, uh, Long Hot Summer, where those 
those girls. Long hot summer. Long hot summer. What's it called? It's not called. What What was it called? Crazy hot, crazy summer. Long crazy summer. What was the book that we read about those three sisters? Oh, I'm oh, drawing a Blake. I know. You know what I'm talking about? The one sum- crazy summer. One crazy summer. Okay, long hot summer. Sorry. <laughs> something something with summer and <laughs> crazy crazy something like that. Yeah. So um, that was like the only other historical fiction book I think we've read, at least for our podcast. Maybe you've read others. But, I have. But um, I, I don't read too many children's books outside of the ones we read together. So that's that's my perspective on that. So maybe you've read others where you you do notice that in those books, there's not a lot of interracial friendships. No. But I- is it obvious what the races are of all the people in the book? Kind of. Yeah? Like, you get a hint of, like, the two races. But I was very confused. I was confused in this book because I wasn't sure which ones they were. (laughs) Like, what races they were together. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, wait, is Molly black or white? Is Liz black or is she white? And then as I got deeper in, like, oh, no, they're white and she's black. (laughs) Because I was like, I when I read the summary, I was like, huh, what? Because I thought that either they were both white or they were both black. Because Marley, Marley went to a white school. So I was like, what? Yeah, so maybe the author of uh, Crazy, what was it? One, <laughs> One Crazy Summer. <laughs> One Crazy Summer. I think her name was Rita Wilson. Sometimes. Something like that. Or maybe... Uh, no, Rita Williams-Garcia. Will- Rita Williams-Garcia. Maybe her, she and Kristen Levine can get together and write the book from Liz's perspective. That way we can see the things that she has to go through. Because there are periods of the book where Liz, we don't we don't know what's going on in her neighborhood, in her house. No. Um, how the... Curtis. The, how, how all the things that are happening in the schools is affecting her and her family and people like Betty Jean who works for the for Marley and her family or And Betty Jean is actually pretty close to Liz too. Right. And they mention like there's so there's some organizations that hap- that come on in in the book. Um the Women's Educational Committee. I like um, that book. A couple like a couple of them and they mention, well, you know, we have to do that that committee is comprised of white women and they say that they can't invite the black, black women. women over into their group because then it'll it, it's just too much drama that way. And basically, and what they said. When, so their group is basically for the education for their education, not. That's like, what they say, right? But it's probably more than that. Th- that's what they have to say in order to not draw too much attention to what they're trying to. Well. What they're trying to, they're, they're kind of, they are supporting integration, cause, but they're also not, cause they're trying to get the schools to get reopened, and so they say this is the only way for us to do it. Yeah, it's all politics. That the reason why they have to say we don't support integration, we don't support segregation, we just support education, but in theory, what they're saying is that we need the schools to be open. And the only way that we can reopen the schools is if they're integrated. So they, in the long run, they are for integration. Yeah. But we hear about that group and what they're doing uh, to help solve this problem of reopening the schools. But we don't get to hear completely what people in the black community are doing. Nope. 
So if we were to get an additional book from Liz's perspective, then we could we could get both sides of that story, mm-hmm. which I think would would be interesting to read. I would want that book. Yeah. I want to read that. Um, so this is a question that popped out of my head. What do you think of Betty Jean? So Betty Jean is kind of a sympathetic figure in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you know, her her son gets arrested and... Well, it's, that's actually an interesting topic because she's, he's basically framed. Right, he's framed. He's arrested for a crime he didn't commit. And it was actually Red and JT who committed the crime. And it's always like they see a black boy with a hoodie walking through a white neighborhood and they automatically assume it's him is that is that what they said with the hoodie i think the hoodie is you're you're kind of bringing that from current times but they did say but i mean imagine you can imagine at that time how police would have viewed that and if i were incorrectly it made the assumption like oh this black boy must have done the done it i would have questioned it why because he was probably just walking home from trick-or-treating or something it, it's easy for for you to say that because you're an open-minded individual but there are some people who are not so open-minded Close-minded. and will automatically place guilt on the person they think deserves the guilt and they automatically put it on black people especially at that time and and still today it happens sad um but betty jean She's um she's a pretty I like her. She's a she's a strong woman. I love her. She's she, one of my favorites. Yeah, she she befriends Marley. Marley. Um and essentially has her back when Marley when she finds she finds out that Marley has done something, but she doesn't tell her parents necessarily. Yeah, she almost becomes like a confidant for, for Marley. Which is Something Marley that. needed. Marley needed to have a confidant in the house, especially after her sister was forced to go to another state, Pine I believe. Hill or something. Pineview. Yeah, wherever that is. Far enough away where they, they had to take a, a bus or a plane to get there. Bus. Um, they took a bus one time, but then didn't they fly back? Yeah. They, right? fly, they flew back, but that was the first time that um, any of them, except for their father, had taken a plane. Right. So Marley's kind of alone. Her her brother's off to college. Her sister had to move to go to school because none of the schools in their district are open. And so she's kind of alone in the house and doesn't have somebody to confide in. They almost sent her away. <laughs> well, they almost sent her away for her safety because, you know, she got mixed up in some dangerous stuff. She still So that that was what her parents wanted to do, but she ended up staying. Uh, any other questions that you have? So... Was it right for Marley to disobey to disobey her parents and continue to see Liz? Was it right? No, it wasn't right. I know, but like, do you think that, like, what do you feel on like your opinions on what on what they did? So, as a parent, I'll speak as a parent, and this is why I don't think it was right because parents. And here's the challenge. One of the challenges of being a parent, though, we we parents make rules. Because we care about the well-being and safety of our children. And those rules are in place to maintain that their safety. When children break the rules, then we know as parents that that could endanger our, ch- our child. Um, and that's why, no, it's not right. It wasn't right for Marley to disobey her parents 
because everything that she did put Marley in danger and it put Liz in danger. The things that they continued to do. And their family. And their family. So no, it wasn't right. But one of the things that parents, we as parents have to do is adjust. And eventually her parents adjusted. Rather than barring the kids from seeing each other, they said, okay, well, how can we help them? Not necessarily help them, but how can we make it more safe for them? And one of the ways that they did that was to try and get Red arrested for the crimes that he committed. Unfortunately, it didn't work. They weren't able to get Red arrested until later on, later on in the book. But I mean, that's that's kind of, like I said, as parents, you have to adjust. You have to recognize, okay, well, should the kids be disobeying us? No. Are they disobeying us? Yes. So what can we do differently to main, to continue to maintain their safety? So all of those things as a parent, we have to adjust to. For me, I'm like, I get why they did it was so that they continued so that they could continue to be friends. But it wasn't right. But I understand. I understand why they would why they did it. And if I were Marley or Liz, I'd probably want to stay friends. But maybe instead of in the way that they did it, which is sneak off and disobey their parents. Maybe ask if we can call instead of, like, yeah. maybe, like, have a healthy compromise. Yeah, unfortunately, at the time, there wasn't a healthy compromise. Sadly. Yeah, like, given their situation and the fact that one of them was white and one of them was black, there wasn't really a compromise for the two of them. At least not at this time. Not until schools were, were in, would be integrated. Then they'd be able to see each other at, at school. But until that happened... um. It's, it would be difficult for them to see each other and for them to be friends. Yeah. Okay. So we know like that Liz and Marley have a bunch of differences, but what are some similarities between Liz and Marley? I think both Liz and Marley deal with kind of being outcasts. They're, even though Liz is very outgoing, very outspoken, I think she's a bit of a loner at her own school. At her, at the black school. And well, both schools. And it and it doesn't hurt that she's new to the neighborhood, right? She she moved from some more like Atlanta or something like that. So she's a bit of a loner. Marley's also a bit of a loner. She has some people are more like acquaintances, not exactly friends. But a lot of her what's the word? The reason why she's alone a lot is because she has a hard time speaking to people and people don't know how to Marley you know, or Liz. Marley. And so people don't know how to deal with that. And Liz comes along and she's she knows how to deal with it right away. So that's that's the, the one of the biggest uh, similarities the two of them have. They're both spunky girls. <laughs> um, when it comes down to it, uh, it takes Li- uh, Marley a little bit of wa- a little bit to to get that spunkiness right. Uh, at first, we see her as this timid person. She didn't want to jump off the high dive. Um, and then she finally does. At she finally does at the book. end of the book. Like she, she grows into her own. So it is a bit of a coming of age story for her. So I, that's probably the biggest similarity that I can. One of the biggest similar, well, not. I definitely agree what you say, but I also feel like they are both very courageous in the way that they were both willing to get, like, to get Liz. No, not Liz. Red arrested. Right. Very courageous and stupid. <laughs> And they both, well, we find out that Marley later doesn't like the guy at the beginning of the book, but they kind of like like another boy, kind of. Not really. And Only that, Liz. That's not a similarity in their personalities. That's no. more like. But like, but I wasn't just 
saying like particularly in personalities, just similarities. Okay. They both liked that movie, or maybe they didn't like that movie. What movie? Wizard of Oz, right? Didn't they go see Wizard of Oz? Oh, they did. But I don't know what they said. <laughs> um, okay. Do you have any other questions? I don't. Uh, I don't have any other questions. But they're... I do, though. These are your questions, not mine. That's why I'm letting you ask them. What are your thoughts on JT and Red? JT is interesting. He's a kid, I think, who is abused at home by his brother and maybe even his father. Because um, we find out that his father is part of the Ku Klux Klan. And not only that, but he, you know, he shows up to school bruised. And we, we know that his, we see that her mom, his, or his, mom. his mom, even though she's a, she joins the, the WEC, she has to keep it a secret. Otherwise, her father would be very mad. Her husband would be very mad. Yeah, her husband. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so JT, he's interesting. Like at first we feel like like he's a villain, right? He's bullying uh, Marley into well, he's to not... doing. Well, yeah, he technically not... is. Yeah, I mean, he kind of is, you know. He's taking advantage of, of Marley to get her to do his math homework. Um, he calls Liz a racial slur. Helps Red um, egg some old lady's house. Uh, he's the one who outs Liz. Um, but. Outs Liz and Marley for hanging out together. But also he find, But um, JT also was like, you don't have to. Why are you doing this? Like he did kind of defend Marley in a way where like, why does, why is she, why does she have to do this? Like, like we are the only ones who need to do this. Yeah, JT and both JT and Red are, are classic examples of kids who adopt their parents' prejudice. And we see JT kind of go through this transformation where you can tell he's just kind of going along with it because his dad does it and his brother does it. But eventually he, he's asked point blank, well, you liked Liz before you knew she was black. And he's like, yeah, that's true, I did. And so he, he starts to let go of some of those prejudices and realizes that he doesn't actually feel that way. He's just saying that because it's his Parents. dad and older brother are saying and red continues that like his dad says some pretty inflammatory stuff and so red takes it further he's like oh well then I, you know dad and i are talking are joking around about you know bombing these people so he finds some dynamite and tries to bomb them he does so not tries. you're right he finds some dynamite and bombs them so like all of like it, it's from the top you can tell in this family it's coming from the top down the father is the one who's racist and is trying to pass that on to his kids and he succeeded with red maybe even too much so because even he was only joking about the bombings he wasn't even seriously considering bombing anybody and then he actually did no well red did no that's what i'm saying their father was joking about it red didn't realize he was joking about it and so red took him seriously and actually did it and and so that's why both of these kids are just you know products of the environment that they're raised in and it seems like JT is is going to be able to escape that mindset that his, that his his father has. So that kind of leads us next into my next question: Why does Red go out of his way to hurt Liz and Marley because of his parents? No, I, I, not his parents. I think because of his mom. Or sorry, because of his dad. It doesn't seem like his mom. His mom seems like she's she's, she's like Marley. Yeah, she's very timid, very timid, and doesn't want to stand up to her husband. 
and just kind of goes along with whatever is happening. That's what, you know, that's what goes on with Red. You know, Red is constantly hearing the bad opinions about black people. And so he starts to hold them himself and can't understand why Liz and Marley would want to even hang out together. And so he he's threatened by it. And so he tries to, well, not tries to, like you said, he, he, he does something about it and bombs Liz's house. Or is it Liz's house or Betty Jean's house? Liz's. Yeah. So that's why I think he goes out of his way to do that. What would you change about the book? Well, we actually talked about this already. And the big thing I would change is to have more of Liz's perspective. Either we need this book to include more of Liz's perspective, or we need another book that tells the story from her perspective. That's the main thing I would change about the book. How about you? I would do that too, but I would also like to see Liz. I would like to see all of the schools in Alabama, or not Arkansas, um, like they're like the high school and the junior highs to be a little bit more open to integration. Well, I mean, because this is historical fiction and it takes place in in a real in a real point in our country's history, we know that that happens eventually. Yeah, but in this book specifically, so you'd like you'd want you want to see the conclusion of of that fight. Yes, I don't I don't know if that was the author's intent. It wasn't because I think there are maybe other books that deal with that. I mean, that's kind of like you can look into a history book to see that. Yes, but history books are very much one sided, too. They are. That's that's true. Um, But I think that's maybe that's why she left it out, because trying to tell a story that takes place in this point in time, you don't want to get the you don't want to have to put in too many facts because your your book has to be able to tell a, a story and a and in a complete story. So yeah, I don't I don't know if I would change that about the book. I, I think she's okay leaving that out because we know we should know at this point how that story. But I do like how Marley finds her strength in the book, but I kind of wish that Liz and Marley were able to do the same things that normal friends would do. Like have sleepovers, hang out with each other, go to the movies and stuff like that without it being such, without having to do it in secret. You want there to be a happier ending, it sounds like. Yeah. Like the book doesn't end. I mean, it end, It has a Decent. fairly happy ending, but it sounds like you just want it to be more happy. Because I'm a very happy person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't blame me. I, I cannot. I don't blame you at all for wanting this, especially since we know that this is a true, well, it's not a true story, but. A lot of the facts in this book are true, and they haven't all ended well. No. And so to to want that from this book, Work of Fiction, I don't blame is... you at all. Yeah. Okay, so let's get on to our final thoughts about the book, because we basically concluded almost our okay. discussion. Yeah, so what do you... Did you, like, I already said this, but did you like the book? Why or why not? I did enjoy the book because of the perspective that we get because it's told from it's because it's this it's like it's it's a new twist on the Romeo and Juliet story. We rarely see this, you know, we always see a Romeo Romeo and Juliet as sort of this romantic story. But these are friends and it's okay to to see how friendships could be affected by similar things that you know, whenever you have two groups of people who are opposed to one another and people from those groups wanting to be friends 
you know, it, it creates a very uh, powerful tension in any story. So I enjoy that. Um, I enjoyed, as you mentioned, how Liz, is, uh, excuse me, how Marley is, find her voice because she starts off the book not talking and she closes the book definitely talking. We also find out why the book is called The Lions of Little Rock. Yeah, well, because they go to the zoo. That's one of the things they have together. And, um, like, they hear the... Both of them, actually, this is another similarity. They both hear the lions. Yeah, they live close enough to the zoo to hear the lions roar at night, right? Both of them. Yeah. And so they themselves are like lions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. And I like I like the... Not only Marley's transformation, but her mom's transformation. Yes. She starts the book off um, really not seeing the benefits of integration. And she closes the book really speaking out in favor of it. Watching her, or not watching her, but reading her go through that transition. I enjoyed that. I'm glad she made that transition. Yeah, those are some of the things that I, and yeah, I would definitely recommend this book. To, to everyone, actually. I think yeah. this is a really... This is this one is of those very books, empowering. It's one of those books that um, I, I could see being read in the classroom. I want it to be read in my yeah. classroom. And I hope that other kids in my class read this book. Because I totally recommend it. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Yeah, so, you know, if you get an opportunity to, to recommend books to your teachers. So, that, hey, you know, you guys should definitely read this book. In the future. Yeah. Definitely do um, that. And then make sure you let them know to check out our podcast about it. Because we talked about actually, it in depth. I actually told my um, sixth grade English teacher about my about it. Yeah. And she was like, okay. Because we were reading Wonder in class. So then I was like, hey, me and my dad actually have a podcast in the air. And we talked about Wonder. So she was like, okay. Um, I'll check it out. And yeah. I'm like, cool. Always looking for new and I actually feel like one of my friends who's kind of a total bookworm would definitely like this um, podcast. Yeah, so if you know anybody who you think would enjoy listening to this podcast, send them to fatherdaughterbookclub.com. Send them a link or just tell them about it in real life or, or text them. Or whatever. Let them know that they can sign up, uh, subscribe to us via email on our website at fatherdaughterbookclub.com. Through Google Play Podcasts. Or Wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or Apple Podcasts. And if you're enjoying the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes because that'll help us get more listeners. And also, you can always leave a comment down in the description of the podcast episode of some books that you would like us to read or just your thoughts on the book. That's right. Uh, we we love to discuss these things together, and we'd love to discuss them with you. And we'd love to expand our reading and find other books that you guys like, and we would love to read and review them. That's right. So the next book that we'll be taking on is another one from Kalia's Summer Reading yes. List. Facts of Life by Gary Soto. And also, if you've already read this book, you can still listen to the podcast and see how we... Well, yeah. If you like if, if any you already... books that you've that we've read and you have already read, you can always like let us know how you felt. Yeah, but if you haven't read the book, go and support your local library. Check the book out from there, and read it, and come back in two weeks so that you can discuss the book with us. Or maybe hopefully earlier. Hopefully, cause we'll see. 
We'll see, but hopefully earlier. Right, is there any, anything else you'd like to mention, Kalia? Um, I would like to mention is for everyone out there who's like, I hate reading. Actually try it because sometimes it may just feel like a chore. Because I know like some books I don't actually like, but I feel like I have to as a chore. But maybe just like find a book or a book that you know that you've read that you actually enjoy and maybe read more books and expand and then you can actually get to enjoy reading. There's a book out there for everyone. Yes. You may not have found it yet and that's why you don't enjoy reading, but trust us, there's a book out there that you'll pick up and you're going to fly through it because it's exactly the type of book I mean, that, I've that read like. so many books that are like that for me. Yeah. So, so go ahead and just just try everything, experiment. You know, you can start reading, read the first 20, 30 pages. If not, then you move on to the next one, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, any type of book, self-help books. Find something that that you enjoy reading. But reading, we definitely recommend reading anything. And even like YouTubers are like popular people's books that can actually be pretty inspiring. Those are even good books to read, too. That's right. So, there's always a book out there for someone. That's right. So, until next time, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with Gary Soto's Facts of Life. Yes. Doom, 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 doom. 